photography i love everything about photography the best thing about photography is that there's no right or wrong there's no good or bad images even out of photo even out of focus photographs are still considered good depending on what they dictate hi i'm kendall jennings i'm an australian motocross photojournalist i be- began taking photos in 2002 um, this photo x series is going to discuss anything about photography uh, hence the, 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 the letter X. Um, marking the spot this episode is the introduction of Rainer Gemma Frusis. So, uh, <laughs> excuse the ums, this is the first episode and uh, we're going to start with the camera, obs- camera obscura. And uh, I'm not very good with the pronunciation of overseas names. But uh, we'll get there anyway. <laughs> so on the 14th, oh, 14th, make a huge mistake there. On the 24th of January, 1544, very long time ago, Dutch scientist Rainer Gemma Frusis published the first illustration of the camera obscura, registering the solar eclipse of the 24th of January, 1544. So... What is the camera obscura? Now, the camera obscura is a box that allows light to travel through it, displaying a scene. The light travelling through the box displays an image, which allows the image to be traced onto a medium. Now, painters used to use this back in the day, um, and it was upside down. Images were upside down. Hence why these days we've got our mirrors and and all that type of jazz inside the cameras. Now, um, I have got all this typed out, so trying to re- trying to read without sounding like we're reading. So, though, so what would happen is that the painter would get there, they'd set up the scene they want to do, they would trace the outline of the scene with the camera obscura, and that could be on a wall, a glass, piece of paper, canvas, whatever their imagination would would allow. And obviously, the, as mentioned before, the image would appear upside down. So back in that day, there was um, sort of sort of the, how would you put it? We go on ad lib here. Um, <laughs> what, what, what would happen is that uh, you'd have the war between what was art and drawing, and then you'd have the war between art and photography, which... I'll cover in um, a later episode. We hope to do a few of these and uh, just sort of keep me out of trouble. <laughs> Basically waiting for uh, a knee replacement. So we're a bit limited and we're just trying to share the love. So the camera obscura, um, it received some upgrades. You know, it started out as a as a as just a box with a pinhole in it. And then it got updated with an, a lens. Like, woohoo, got a lens into it. And... Remarkably, the camera obscura stayed similar from what do we have here? 1544 to 1839. That's 295 years they didn't change it. And as I said before, mainly because 
the artists didn't want to pursue any improvements. They were quite happy, you know, with the way it, way it was. They could trace the image, they could paint it, awesome, way you go. But that wasn't the only reason. You know, the other reason was science. You know, they couldn't figure out what they call fixing the shadows. And that's basically they would have a way to make the image and then tragically they'd see it fully developed. So it'd be like coming out good and then it'd just go black. So they couldn't figure out how to, to pause the process. So uh, it's sort of you know, 295 years with this little box. So we'll just scroll down a bit. Sorry about that. So for 295 years. Now, the development process was a bit of a, uh, you know, obviously communication back in the day wasn't so, so brilliant. So we had, in France, we've got one method um, done by Louis Degas. And in Britain, we've got another method by Henry Fox Talbot. So let's start with Degas. Uh, Louis Degas, he was a French painter and he was a physicist. So he invented what we call the daguerreotype. Now he was helped a little bit by uh, by Natchi. Now, apologise for the pronunciation of the name, but um, Nicola, I think it was Nicola Natchi. I know the pronunciation of the last name. I'm not sure of the first one. And he was a fellow Frenchman, and he heard about what uh, Degas was doing with his with his experiments as a physicist, and. Uh, Natchi actually created the first permanent photograph in nature between 1826 and 27. Now, the exposure time was eight hours, and uh, it, was, it wasn't a really good quality image, obviously, experiments like that. Um, but Degas was able to develop the process, and the development process alone took between 20 and 30 minutes. So we had eight-hour exposure time, and 30 minutes to develop. So, um, you know, Napche was, was trying to develop his own method, and uh, a lot of his stuff is he was attempting to make permanent images from, from like the sunlight since 1814. So, in 1826, he heard of uh, Degas's effort, and the two actually became partners, and uh, they experimented till uh, Napche's death which was in 1833, and he was 68. So uh, Degas continued with the experiments and discovered that if he had a plate with iodized silver on it um, and took that from the camera and exposed that to uh, fumes of mercury, the image was, um, and then placed it in some hypo, basically, it's just salt water, it, the image would be fixed and it resulted in you know, a permanent image. So Degas' polished silver copper plate, the daguerreotype, produced fantastic one-off results and was the first commercially photography process in the world. And um, if you're in Australia, down in uh, Dalesford, they've actually got, uh, as I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but they've actually got a, um, a company that actually gets there and they make the daguerreotypes and you can get there and do like a weekend course or something like that and experience that for yourself. Now, I'm, I don't know how I'd go with that because 
I'm actually allergic to sulfur. <laughs> so I don't know, Silver. I don't know how we go. I'm thankfully for digital photography because I don't think I'll be able to last too long in a dark room. I've always wanted to do the dark room type process, but uh, eventually, eventually we'll get there. But um, not at the moment. So that was the French side of things. Um, on the 9th of January 1839, uh, Louis de Gare. Uh, published the daguerreotype process and it was announced at an academy of science meeting so obviously this would have gone all around the world and Degas was appointed an officer of the legion of honor in France in 1839 Degas and the heir of Neptune were assigned 6,000 francs and 4,000 francs respectively for the process and Louis Degas died in 1851 at the age of 63 so, yes, yeah, so that's the, the French side of things. Now, across the channel in the 1830s, so around about the same time, English botanist Henry Fox Talbot announced a rival method of fixing the image. And uh, in this technique, a sheet of paper was coated with silver chloride. It was exposed to light inside the camera obscura. Uh, these areas that were hit by light become dark and yielding a negative image. Now, uh, this revolutionary aspect of this process by Talbot, um, he actually discovered a chemical process using gallic acid, which was used to develop the image on the paper. Now, gallic acid accelerated the silver chloride's chemical reaction to the light that it had been exposed to, and you know, obviously created the negative image. Now, the developing process uh, permitted much shorter exposure times in the camera, down from one hour to one minute, and tablet, sorry, Talbot's calliotype, salt-based image process, paved the way for today's photography. Um, the calliotype, basically, it could be duplicated. So uh, deg, uh, the daguerreotype, it can't be once it's it's um, on that the copper plate. It's sort of it's what you have. I suppose you'd call it a positive type image, and the calliotype was a negative image. So um, those were the two methods, and all using the first sort of, the camera hadn't been invented, there was no shutter or anything like that yet. It was the camera obscura, which was a box with a hole in it, and the fancy ones had a lens. So, <laughs> so thanks for tuning in for our quick little photo X. Uh, our next episode, I'll talk about... Um, Probably a little bit of history of Kodak. Now, I love Kodak. Uh, I've got a few cameras in my collection of some old ones. So uh, we'll uh, talk about the founder of Kodak. So thanks for tuning in and uh, join me next time. If you've got any questions, shoot me an email at uh, kj at kajx.com. And even if you want to uh, want me to discuss something that's that you're interested in. We hope to have just anything with photos. So thanks for tuning in. See you next time.